0: Are you an entrepreneur, small business owner who seems a little overworked and overwhelmed? Well, you want to tune in today to today's episode because we're going to be talking to an expert who can help us with that overwhelm and being overworked because she has four pillars that she can share with us that's going to help us in that area. So sit back, relax, and maybe take out a pen and some paper because you're going to want to take some notes. Let's go. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Maximize Your Brand Podcast. I'm so excited to be with you again this week as I am each and every week. And I hope that you are doing well. If you're listening to this episode, this episode is coming out around about the mid-year mark. Yes, six months have already gone by. And where did it go? I don't know, but... I am excited about the remaining of the year, the next six months. And I'm planning and dreaming and doing all these great things. If I didn't accomplish it the first six months, I'm moving forward to accomplish it the latter six months. But today we have a great episode for you today. We're going to be talking to Miss Krista Grasso. I hope I pronounced that correctly. And we're going to talk about her lean out method, her signature lean out method. For those of you who are entrepreneurs, small business owners who feel overwhelmed and overworked. And so this should be a good episode for those of you who are in business or if you're aspiring to be in business, you still want to tune in because you could use these tools and these techniques to help you not be that person who's overwhelmed and overworked. So my guest today, Ms. Krista Grasso, is an international lean and agile business consultant for Fortune 50 multi-billion dollar businesses, strategic advisor for six- to eight-figure small businesses, and creator of the Lean Out Method, 90-day Lean Out Planner, and the Lean Business Scaling System. She's also the host of the Lean Out Your Business podcast, where she shares her top strategies to simplify and scale a business. When she's not dishing out the merits of lean strategic planning and sustainable scaling, you can find her drinking espresso, rocking out with Brett Michaels, jet setting on a new adventure or spending time with her pup and a great. So let's go ahead and welcome our guest today, Miss Krista. Thank you for joining me today for the Maximizing Brand Podcast.
1: Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited for our conversation.
0: Awesome. Now, did I say your name correctly? You sure did. Awesome. You know, I love people to say my name correctly. So when I have guests, I want to make sure that I pronounce their name as well. So I shared a little bit about your bio, but I always like to allow my guests to share a little bit more information about how they show up in the world. So take it away.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I created the Lean Out Method as a way to help businesses really simplify the way that they approach growing and scaling their business. And as most businesses, it was born more out of a need myself where I had been consulting with these really large-scale Fortune 50 businesses and helping them to implement lean practices. And at the same time, I had started my own business back in the early 2000s, and I scaled that business really rapidly. And while that looked really good from the outside in, inside out, it was a complete and total hot mess I was working around the clock. I ended up getting very close to the verge of burnout. I had a lot of health implications, a lot of other implications as well. And I was at that critical point in the business that so many of us face where we have to decide, can we keep going? And if we are going to keep going, how can we change it so that it becomes sustainable? And I ended up developing the lean-out method, pulling from what I was doing with my big Fortune 50 clients. And looking at how those principles could apply down to a small scaling business like mine. And that ended up starting an entire journey that was way different than what I thought I would be doing. And I absolutely love working with businesses and helping them lean out so they can avoid um, that same path that I went through and avoid the overwork, overwhelm and potential burnout.
0: Awesome. 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 I really like the phrase lean out, especially because here lately I have been on this fitness journey and going to work out and learning how to become more lean as it pertains to my my fitness. And so that's a great phrase to, to talk about because, you know, I really am interested in building a more lean business, especially as a solopreneur, I have a few virtual assistants here and there, but I really like to be lean in my business and not as much over- overhead. And so what inspire you to name it Lean Out Method?
1: I think there's a lot of misperception sometimes with lean. Sometimes people can hear the word lean and they think it's like bare bones and it strips all the fun out of things. But to me, it's not. To me, it's not so much that. It's I love to think of things as lean and lux, luxurious, this beautiful blend of just the things that really matter, the things that add the most value to your clients, the most value to your business. And really, at the end of the day, are the things that feel most in alignment for you. And so to me, there's so many things in our business that we have that are not that. So the concept of leaning out to me, means getting back down to what really matters in those things that do feel very luxe to you and that provide a tremendous amount of value to both your clients and the business itself. So I just really liked the term because it's very actionable. And I think it's something that we need to be doing consistently in our business, especially as we break through to different milestones.
0: Yeah, that's good. Getting down to what really matters in business. Sometimes we can you know, have challenge when we're trying to figure out what really matters. And I always ultimately get back to what is generating the revenue because that truly matters to the business. I can't do any of the other things that I desire to do without generating revenue. And so I had a coach who taught this some years ago, and I think she calls it your... Ah, oh, gosh, it was on the tip of my tongue, but it was an acronym for revenue generating activities, RGAs, revenue generating activities. What are your revenue generating activities? Those are typically what are most important, but I'm sure you're going to share a little bit more uh, as we get into your four pillars. And so let's go ahead and hop into those four pillars of leaning out. So pillar number one.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So the very first pillar is context. And this is the one that I see missing so often because as entrepreneurs, as business owners, we are action takers. We love to just get to work. We've got an idea. And for many of us, it's practically fully implemented before the day's even over. We've barely eaten. We're drinking coffee nonstop and we're just trying to get it done. (laughs) And as action takers, as people who tend to be pretty high achievers, and very full of ideas, we sometimes miss the important context that's needed in order to make sure that we're focused on the right things. And as we start to bring on team, whether it's a couple virtual assistants, as you mentioned, or we start to build out a bigger team, that context becomes even more important because people need to understand why they're doing what they're doing. So when I think of context, the very first thing that I think is so important is a concept that I call Your Rich Fulfilled Life. Yes, we all wanna make an impact. Yes, we all wanna generate a lot of profit, but why? What is it that we're trying to do? What's that either legacy that we wanna lead from a personal fulfillment perspective, or why do we wanna make the level of revenue that we wanna generate? What is it that we wanna be able to do in our lives? So I think we want that personal clarity. And then from there, we wanna set our vision for our business. What do we want our business of tomorrow to look like? What do we want our personal role in that business to be? Where do we want to spend our time? What do we want to do? And what do our clients of tomorrow look like? And what do they need from us? That might be an evolution of what we do today. And so I think that that context is critical in order to know you're actually working on the right things. Otherwise, everything sounds like a good idea. And every opportunity sounds like something that you should pursue. So I think you start with that context. And then the next piece of that is making sure that your business model is in alignment with where you want to take things and with what you want to do yourself personally in the business. And so that really rounds out the context filler. And it's something that I think you don't just set and forget. It's something that you constantly want to be revisiting because our definition of success evolves our definition of what a rich, fulfilled life means evolves in different seasons in our business and life. And so I think we constantly want to be revisiting our vision and what I call your RFL uh, consistently, and that should help drive your decision-making.
0: I like context, and I like when you said alignment. One of the things that I was thinking about this actually uh, just the other day, and that is I think that we kind of got this philosophy around work, business, Backwards. So when I was coming up, you know, we were taught to to go to school, go to college, you know, get a great job, start a business uh, that supports your life. So it was like work first, life second. As I've gotten older and became an entrepreneur after a job layoff, I realized that that was a little backwards that I really needed to decide what type of life I wanted to live based on, you know, how much freedom I wanted, you know, based on where I wanted to live, what I wanted to do, types of things that I love, and then identify the work that would support that versus the other way around. And so the whole idea of context speaks to me because I think that if more of us really identify the life that we desire to live first, then we, we can be more clear on the types of businesses and the type of business that we would want to create to support that type of life.
1: Yeah, I agree. And if you think about it, right, it's the traditional way of coming up through jobs and yeah. approaching work. It really does. It's like you pay the price now for this great, amazing thing in the future it's kind of conditioned in us. You work for retirement. Mm-hmm. You work for the weekend. And it ends up just being very deeply conditioned. And as entrepreneurs, I think we have this amazing opportunity to break that cycle right. and teach the new generations and the next generations coming through. doesn't have to be like that. You build what you do in your career, in your business, in whatever it is that you choose to spend your time doing around the lifestyle that you want, around what's fulfilling and meaningful to you instead of paying this price now so you can go enjoy it later.
0: Yeah. Who wants to enjoy it later when you could, you know, in a responsible way, enjoy it now. So pillar number one was context. Pillar number two.
1: Clarity. Once you know where you want to go, you got to know how you're going to get there. (laughs) And so clarity comes in and it's really about, okay, cool. Now I know what my vision looks like. I know at a high level what the business model is that's going to take me towards that vision. Now, what specifically am I going to do? Who am I going to work with? What am I going to offer? How much do I want to work? What is my specific plan for the next year and the next 90 days look like? So, this really gets into your strategic planning, your offer suite, and how and who you work with. And so, I think that that also is something that sometimes people don't take the time to always do the things that really are going to help propel them forward, such as put a plan in place because they just want to chase ideas and put things in action. And it's fun, but you reach a point where you can't wing it anymore. And if you really want consistent, repeatable, and reliable results, you do need to have a planning practice in place so that you can, with some bit of confidence, look to the future and say, okay, here's the amount of revenue I'm going to be bringing in. Here's the amount of people I'm able to support. And here's what the next 12 months look like from the marketing and the launch and what I'm putting out into
0: the world. That's really good. You know, I think that we don't really talk enough about this whole idea because you mentioned the offer suite, like what are you offering? Because once you're clear on what you're offering, then that definitely will help you with the type of marketing. Why is it so important to kind of have an offer suite or just an offer period?
1: Yeah, I think without it, you're making your life and your job a whole lot harder. Because at the end of the day, what, what do people buy? They buy solutions to problems mm-hmm. is what it comes down to. So how are you helping your clients make their lives better or solve a particular problem or achieve a particular desire depending on what it is? And if you aren't really crystal clear on who it is that you're helping and how you're helping them, or at least at a minimum what problem you're helping them solve, then it makes it a lot harder in your marketing and in what you do because you're just trying all these different things to see what lands. When you get that clarity, at that point, it becomes about not your offer that you're trying to sell. It becomes about the solution you're able to help somebody achieve that transformation and that result that they're looking for and recognizing that you're the person that can help them. And so it actually simplifies and leans out everything when you have things based around a signature offer. And then your offer suite just gives you the opportunity to be able to serve people at different levels, right? Not everybody's ready for your signature offer. Is there something you can do that can get them ready, a quicker win? So they start to get some momentum and traction as they build up to being ready. And when they're done, what's next? How can you help them take those results even further? and step into the next level of transformation or results that they're looking
0: for. I was introduced to that concept in a coaching program, I think it was in 2019, creating my signature offer and then coming up with what uh, my offer suite would be, whether that's a downsell to something or maybe there's an upsell from the particular uh, signature offer that I have. So, so key, so key. So we have context, We have clarity, and then our next step.
1: Commitment. (laughs) So, you know what's important, where you want to go. You know what you should be focused on right now. Well, we all know that nothing is ever super smooth sailing. doesn't matter if you have the very best plan on earth. (laughs) I'm an exceptional planner, and I will tell you more times than not, things do not go according to plan. It is just life and business, and things come out of left field. When we estimate how long something's going to take, we tend to always remember the happy path. We forget about all the things that could have gone wrong that take way longer than we expect. And so commitment is how do you keep going when you're faced with challenges? Because you will absolutely be faced with challenges. How do you work through the mindset stuff that comes up as you're trying to move forward? I think we all know in business that all the strategies, all the tactics, no matter how good they are, More often than not, it's we have to work through our own personal identity evolutions as business owners in order to keep moving forward. And we can get in our own way more so than a strategy or a tactic can quite often. So we want to keep doing that and working through things. And it's also a commitment to do the things that your business really needs for you to achieve the results that you want, which might not be the things that you personally want to do. A lot of entrepreneurs are not super excited about the idea of putting systems in place. They're not super excited about the idea of doing strategic planning or building out their teams sometimes. And those are the things that really do allow you to scale and make the impact and generate the profit that you want in your business. So it's a commitment to doing what your business needs in order for you to achieve the results that you want.
0: You know, we hear a scale often now these days you know, when you talk about scale, what do you mean? Yeah,
1: because growth and scale get used really interchangeably, and they're actually two different things. In my perspective, a business goes through four stages: you start and emerge, you move into grow, then you move into scale, and from there it's influence. And so, grow is you've got you've got something working, you've got some traction, going great. You're trying to grow it. You're trying to serve more people. You're trying to see. Just how much revenue you could bring in and how many people you can impact and when you're in a state of growth what typically happens is as your numbers are going up your complexity is going up your resources are going up so it's costing you more money sometimes you make a whole lot more top line revenue but you don't actually make any more profit when you're in a season of scale scale is about really strategically optimizing what's working and it's about being able to increase how many people you can serve, how much money you're able to bring in without increasing the resources at the same pace. So you end up more profitable, you end up with more time. Scale is what you really ultimately want in your business, but you can't skip the growth stage. People go try to go from idea to scale and end up really getting overwhelmed and overworked because they haven't passed through some of the key milestones that they need to to have something that's actually scaled.
0: So good. Wow. So we have context. We have clarity. We have commitment. I want to stay here for just a second. Commitment. When you commit to something, that means that you're going to really hang in there until you really get some level of result to have feedback, right? When you think about commitment and others who people who are growing scaling their businesses you know what is the time frame so how long should a person be committed to a particular offer or opportunity that they're offering to potential clients to be able to get some feedback and some data from that
1: yeah it's such a great question because It's what's what's the time when you call it? What's the time when you're like, all right, I've tried everything and nothing is working here. I think I've hit the point of insanity. I continue to keep trying to sell this thing versus five degree pivots, 15 degree pivots. Let's try something a little bit different. Let's keep working it. And so it really is this kind of fine dance to try to figure out what it is. But here I see most often is really part of commitment is having an experimentation mindset. And as much as we all wish that that idea that we know is so great that program that we know is so amazing that we're going to put it out there it's going to bring in millions of dollars everyone's going to want it and be like jumping over themselves to try to get at it it doesn't always work that way As much as we wish it did it doesn't and it takes a series of experiments it takes refining your messaging refining your packaging your pricing your positioning trying different ways of getting it out into the world to see what gets traction And so I think that we do need to continuously be experimenting to see what works. And I do have a framework I call the PPV matrix that helps you look at and identify, is it worth it to keep going? Does it make sense? Is it time for a pivot? Or is this something that maybe I need to table right now and come back to? And it's looking at the combination of passion, profit, and value. So passion is how aligned is it with where you want to go and how lit up? buy it are you because if you're just kind of phoning it in thinking well this will make some money so i guess i'll do it but you're not that excited about it you're gonna have a really hard time selling it so you want the passion factor to be high from your investment perspective profit obviously is what is the profitability that that offer is or what's the profit potential if you haven't sold it yet you obviously want something that has high profit potential not something that's super labor intensive um, and it doesn't bring in a lot of profit along with the revenue and then value is how valuable does your client think it is and this one's the hardest because until you get it out into the market you don't really know you're speculating and you're gonna think it is 10 out of 10 it is the most valuable thing on earth (laughs) but it's a matter of does your client see the value in it? and if they don't sometimes it's a shift in messaging Sometimes it's just simply that you've got the wrong client base or it's just something that isn't as impactful or as burning of a problem for them to invest in solving as you wish it was. And so that matrix can kind of help you go through and assess when it's time to call it. But usually you need to experiment longer than you think you should.
0: Great advice. Great advice. So clarity. No, I'm sorry. We have context. We have clarity commitment and the fourth pillar to lean out it
1: is kaizen it is a lean concept it means uh, making small changes in continuous improvements for the better okay. so this is actually creating space to reflect it's actually looking at what is working and what isn't working in the business if you have a kaizen culture in your company one where you're consistently looking at in reviewing your numbers, reviewing your results, looking at, you know, is this not only working from a financial perspective, but how much time are we putting in to get these results? Is this still fulfilling? Is this still aligned with where we want to be taking the business long term? If you have that culture of continuously looking at things, you're naturally improving things and you're naturally staying ahead of changes in the market. Where people get themselves in trouble is they're not really making those small continuous improvements until something hits a point where it completely stops working. and they need to do a major overhaul or throw it out and start over. Whereas if you have that Kaizen culture and you're constantly trying to make these small improvements, you're always ahead of those big things and you will be able to maintain and sustain the success that you have with an offer.
0: And how do you spell that? Because did we do all C's or did you throw K (laughs) in there? (laughs)
1: K a i z e n. -N.
0: That's what I thought. That's what I thought. That's good. I was saying maybe she's going to go all C's because I know people do those with their uh, various formulas, and so that's good. Kaizen. That's a Mm -hmm. great pillar to to end your your process there. And so as people go through each one of those phases, the end result that they come out with is a more leaner business.
1: They do. It's a business that's aligned. It's a business that's simple. Um, It's a business that's clear. So it's simple for their target market to make a decision that, yes, what you have, what you offer is exactly what I need and you're the person to work with. And it's simple for you to be able to actually deliver and provide an exceptional client experience. And I think at the end of the day, that's the key, right? You want people to be able to really clearly see that you have something that will solve the problem that they're trying to have solved. And then you want to be able to meet the promise that you've made and make sure that you're able to get them what you promised and they're able to get the result that they were
0: looking for. Right, right. And, you know, when you talk about overwork and overwhelm, how does this solve problems for them?
1: If you look at most people's schedules, it's fascinating because, I don't know, I mean... I've worked with thousands of business owners at this point and I would say probably 80, 90% are all exactly the same. When we first talk, they'll say, oh yeah, yeah, no, I, I know exactly what my vision is. I've got this great vision. I've got these great goals, but I'm really overworked. I'm so overwhelmed. I've got so much going on. It's like, okay, great. And so we'll look at what they actually do on a day-to-day basis or we'll look at what their team is focused on in a day-to-day basis. And almost without fail, there is absolutely no bridge between their vision and goals and the activities that they're working on. And if you do make sure that every single thing that you are doing in your business is the right thing and the right thing right now. Right thing is it's in alignment with that long-term vision that you have. Right now is it's in support of the goals that you have for the next 90 days. If you make sure that every single thing that you're working on is in alignment with that, I guarantee you, you will be able to get time back in your week right away. Most people see 10 to 20 hours back. There's that much work that they're doing that's not in alignment when they're really honest with themselves about what they're doing. And it's because of the shoulds, right? Well, you should be on this new tool and you should be on this app and you should be trying this thing and you should be doing this. And did you try this yet? And have you thought about this? And there's so many things that compete for our attention and focus. And everything is the best opportunity ever. And every idea is the best opportunity ever. But at the end of the day, is it really worth investing all of that extra time and focus in? Maybe, maybe not. But I think you need to run it through some filters and make decisions with intention, as opposed to constantly like almost playing whack-a-mole with all of the different things coming at you like, yep, I'm going to do that one. I'm going to do that one. (laughs) So... That's where I think that you can really quickly eliminate that overwork and
0: overwhelm. It reminds me of my favorite quote by the late Dr. Miles Monroe. He says, the greatest failure in life is to be successful at the wrong assignment. And so that is, you know, the epitome of not being in alignment. that you're doing all the things that you thought were things that you needed to do, ultimately to realize that wasn't aligned And that's why you're so busy. That's why you're so overwhelmed. That's why you're so overworked because you're not doing that in which you're aligned to do. So this was such an on-time conversation. And so as we uh, talk about commitment, clarity, context, and Kaizen, not in the order that she gave us, but those are the four. (laughs) Let us know, how can we uh, stay connected to you and learn more about you?
1: Yeah, absolutely. My website is leanoutmethod.com. You will find all things Lean Out Method there. I do have a guide on my site. It's leanoutmethod.com waste that helps you dig into the top 10 areas where I see people wasting a lot of time, a lot of money and energy in their business. And the goal with that is for you to identify where you can get some hours back in your day every single day um, so you can find that and for me personally you will find me on Instagram at my name which is Chris Grasso. it's more of just personal account you'll see a lot of pictures of my cute dog um, but that is where I enjoy hanging out
0: awesome 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 well I don't know anybody who doesn't want to get more hours back in their day because you know we all have the same 24 hours but the only difference is is how we use them And so if you can get 24 more hours, I mean, not 24 more hours, but if you can get more of your 24 hours back, I say you definitely want to uh, visit Krista's website and, and learn more about how you can do that. So Krista, thank you for joining me today for this podcast episode.
1: Thanks so much for having me.
0: You are so welcome. If you are not subscribed to the podcast, make sure that you go to any of your favorite podcast platforms, whether that be iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play Music, you name it. We are there. I'm asking you to go subscribe to the podcast and listen to those over 200 episodes that we have that's there to help you learn how to maximize and monetize your brand. Also, I have a free gift for you if you are interested in up leveling your brand and wanting to transition from your career into being your own boss through the power of personal branding. I have a free gift for you and you can grab that free gift called shift your brand checklist. All you have to do is text the word maximize to one 877-640-5632. 877 640 That's the word maximize to one eight seven seven i am always excited that you join me right here each and every week streaming on all of the platforms and on the podcast audio apps. But until next time, just remember this, always shoot for the top because it's the bottom that's overcrowded. Take care.